are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Two weeks ago, I had my 53rd year at Gospel Light. And I know that sounds like a long time, but it really passes fast. You think about the troubles, it seems like it don't, but the blessings, it passed so fast. And uh, that night in church, it's been two weeks ago, uh, something was handed to me. It was all wrapped up, a big plaque, it looked like a, a picture or something. I didn't know when I opened it. And it said from the ladies in the prayer room, And it said this, the will of God will never take you where the grace of God will not protect you. Boy, that thing caught me like that. And I read it over and over. And I got me a topic. I think about, uh, not exactly that way, but I heard Jack Howell say one time he, he went in Dr. Rice's room, the motel, and he kept flipping his pages in his Bible and kept and he said, Dr. Rice, what are you doing? He said, I got me a sermon. I'm trying to find me some scripture to go with it. <laughs> so uh, I got a sermon right there. Now you think of those words. Think of it. The will of God will never take you where the grace of God will not protect you. And I believe this, the older I get, I believe that the will of God is one of the most important things for a child of God. God has a will for you and a will for me. And folks, we have to watch. We can miss that will if we don't do what Paul said in Romans 12. Let's read a couple verses. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And notice this, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. And then I picked up these scriptures over in First Peter, Chapter 2 and verse number 15. You know, sometimes we get to the place that we think that the will of God is something that's always glory in it, but not so. Now you listen to this verse. That's the 15th verse of 1 Peter 2. For so is the will of God that with well doing you put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. The will of God is never foolish. If I understand this verse, God says that the will of God will shut the mouths of those who are foolish. And then there's another verse there in the fourth chapter. Look at it if you will. Now Paul's been taught fourth part of first Peter. Paul's been talking about suffering. And I won't read these verses. He tells us uh, not to not to uh, uh, think strange when fiery trials come, 
when heartaches come, when battles come. You know, it's never been popular to be a Christian. Let us face it. If you listen to some of this television stuff, you'd think unless you got a fat pocketbook and people patting you on the back all the time, you're out of the will of God. But that's not Bible. The more I study my Bible, the more I realize that we are strangers here. We're just pilgrims passing through. And if you and I fit into the world, there's something wrong in our life. We don't have to be different. We just will be different if we're a child of God. And we sure will. So he's talking about the sufferings. And he said if we suffer as a Christian, he said don't be ashamed of that. If somebody persecutes you, somebody talks about you because of your love and stand for Christ, you glorify the Lord in that. You, you, don't, you don't get discouraged, Zoe. But he comes to this last verse here, verse 19. I want you to see it. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God. Now, if I understand that's very simple, that there is suffering according to the will of God. You notice that? He said to commit the keeping of your souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. Now we're going to talk about some things tonight. I'm not going to talk to you very long, but I want you to think with me about the will of God. And if we're in the will of God, we can always experience the grace of God that's with us when we're in the will of God. I remember when my boy Steve was at Tennessee Temple. He was there from 1968 to 1972. I don't remember who the preacher was, but he made a statement that I never forgot. And I think he's truthful in it. He said, when you and I deliberately know that we're out of the will of God, we are a target for the devil to hurt our testimony. I've thought about that a whole lot. You see, if God don't protect us, there is no real protection. And we must do our best to be in. And the will of God is not something that's so hard that a man can't do it. I find the hardest part is Bob Robertson. Me being willing to do the will of God. You remember what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter uh, 5? He said, be ye not unwise, but listen, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, if I understand that, God says I can understand what the will of the Lord is. And if I can understand what the will of the Lord, then he's going to let me know what the will of God is. I, I, I'm just going to say a few things right here. Some of the greatest men of God's ever lived, and we've all missed the will of God many times probably, have made statements. When I was a young preacher, and I'd eat lunch or something with an old preacher, I'd say, give me some good advice. And I, and I, I think of Arthur Blackburn. Some of you folks would remember Arthur Blackburn. Dr. Seitler said he was one of the best preachers, and I think so too, in North Carolina. Great preacher. One day I was eating lunch with Brother Arthur. He had suffered a stroke. And, uh, he, he, uh, he had a time speaking, and we were sitting there eating. And I said, Brother Arthur, give me some good advice. 
And you know what he said? Now, this don't mean if you've pastored a dozen churches, you're out of the will of God. But you know what he said? He said, there's one church and one woman for you. <laughs> That's what he said. That's what he said. Well, I knew he had pastored a lot of churches. And I said, well, Doc, where'd you miss it? I'll tell you what he said. Just like, just like that, with a broken voice. He said, Brother Bobby, in 1956, I was pastor of the Landis Baptist Church in Landis, North Carolina. And he said, I got the call of so, to have so many revivals. I was preaching a lot of revivals. And he said, I thought God wanted me to quit pastoring and become an evangelist. And he says, I missed his will. Just like that. Well, that was advice to me to think a little bit before I make moves. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, a great man of God. That's what he said. He said, I was, I, I was, I was doing it myself. You know, Proverbs said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not to thine own understanding. And so much of the time, me and you will lean to our understanding. It's pretty easy for Bob Robinson to ask a question and then Bob Robinson to answer it. If you know what I'm trying to say. And I think, I think of Eugene Goodman. Man, what a preaching man Gene was. I asked him the same thing one day. I said, Gene, can you help me? I said, you're older than I am and he's with the Lord now. He said, I believe I can, Brother Bobby. And I, and I said, well, tell me. I think if I'm not mistaken, he was in Kannapolis, North Carolina. He said, I started the Lane Street Baptist Church. He told me how long he was pastor there. And he said, I seen some trouble boiling up. And I could see it got large in my mind. And he said, I, knew where another church was that I could pastor. And they called me. And I thought, God don't want me in this battle. And I left to go to the other one, and I missed the will of God. Now, brethren, let me tell you, and sisters too, God's got a will for you. And you young people, some of you, God will want you to pastor. And, and, and what I'm trying to say, you can't go by... Just because a trouble comes, then that's when God wants you to move every time. If you're not careful, you'll miss the God's will. Let me share this with you. I became pastor at Gospel Light the first Sunday in July of 1956. We, and what I say to God be the glory. I'm helping, trying to help someone. And God bless. I remember the first Sunday we had 153 in Sunday school. God blessed and blessed a little country church. Man, we'd take 50 people at one time to an old pond somewhere and baptize. We didn't have no baptistry, anything like God just had his hand on that place. For five years, we had a constant growth. In five years, we were running regularly 550 people and didn't have room for them, just pushed every way. And I had a heart attack. I was 29, and I had a heart attack. I was in the hospital for 21 days. At first, they didn't think I would make it. And while I was out, trouble came into church. As far as I knew, we had none. You know, 
growth brings troubles too. And, and Brother Ron, you may have heard me tell this before, but the doctor said the only way you're going to have to rest so long. I was at one, we had no air conditioning in those days. I had a member who owned a little motel and every afternoon I would, I would go down there two hours and turn the little air conditioner on and try to rest him. One of my deacons came and told me, said, Brother Robertson, I hate to bother you. I know you're sick, but we've got some bad trouble in the church. I'd never known nothing but glory up till then. And I said, what happened? And he said, somebody is going around among the people at the church trying to get them to sign a petition to get us deacons out. I said, well, they can put my name on there if that's the way they feel. I learned some things and still learning. You can't beat waiting on God. You can't beat. I can see back now where I might have missed a split if I'd have waited. But you know what I'd done? I called a business meeting and I couldn't walk up steps. They took me up the steps into the church in a chair. I called a, a special business meeting. I was sitting there in the chair and I told them reports. And one of the men stood up and said, Pastor, I was asked to sign that petition, but I didn't sign it. But it didn't read. The church had a permanent deacon board and said it didn't read uh, to, to get the deacons out. It was asking for a, for a rotating deacon board and was going to bring it to you. There I sit. See, I should have waited a while and found out which way I was going. That thing got in a squabble. Ever which way. And that church, I don't see it because of this man. He liked myself. I wouldn't have known one done as good as he did. But the church had a little constitution. I never heard of it till then. And I brought it out. And listen, that constitution said you can never have more than seven deacons. Nor less because, bless God, the Bible said seven in the book of Acts. That's what it said. So here I am in the middle of that thing. So I asked the people to give the deacons a vote of confidence, and they did. And, and, and I tried to just pull it together. And this crowd, this deacon, one of my deacons, is that new crowd? I said, what? Now, I don't know. Is that new crowd? Get up there and tell them if they don't like it, we're set up to leave. And I felt like that. But God, by his grace, kept me from it. And we went on and on and on. And I told them, I said, fellas, I said, let's let the church settle this thing. We'll have a secret ballot. And I said, where it's a rotating board or not, we'll, we'll take care of that. And make a long story short, one morning, we were running about 550. And one Sunday morning, we went down to 300. And then went five miles down the road in a house building to start a church. And here I am, I'm not patting myself, I'm just trying to get a point out. I don't know what I'll tell you this, but I believe I'm going to help somebody. And I thought, boy, this is awful. I'd always enjoyed preaching that pulpit, but I got so I dreaded it. All I could hear, nobody getting saved no more. Let me tell you, it's easy to believe you're missing God's will when you're having people saved every way you turn and then it quits. 
I have a night and know it felt like his work was over with. Don't you think once in a while after preacher's law? It went on and it went on. And I got so sick, I couldn't, I'd lost, oh, I, I was weighing 212 pounds and, and I got down to 140 some pounds and I couldn't eat. I was sick and about Friday, I, I, I'd get nauseated to think I had to stand in that pulpit again. So I decided God didn't want his man sick of the pulpit. Folks, I even thought about just resigning, getting out of the ministry and going to one of the Bible preaching churches around. I didn't know a man could get in that shape. And if you come to gospel like today, and our new, our new, our new building is 20 years old now, but downstairs we have a little small auditorium that seats 300 and it's called the Harold B. Seitler Auditorium. <laughs> And my son said, Dad, why don't you name it after Dr. Seitler? He helped you so much. Dr. Seitler was somewhere preaching around up there. And I went and sat down and talked to him. And I said, Dr. Seitler, I said, I believe God wants me to leave here. I can't stand to preach in that place. Nobody ever gets saved anymore. And it's so dead. And I said, I just want to talk to you. With that deep voice of Harold Seitler's, I can hear him now. He said, son, he called me son back then. He said, son, you stand still. God's grace is sufficient. And I said, doc, I'll die. He said, you won't die. You stand still. And I, I said, I don't believe I can. But God used Harold Seitler to keep me to my feet to the fire. Now, let me tell you something. If I'd have left, I'd have got out of the will of God. Yeah. I'd have got out of the will of God. And and for two years, three years, I don't remember, two years at least, it was like preached up against a stone wall. Nothing happening. Just, just a battle all the way. All the way. And after two or three years, I didn't have a see a nine foot Jesus and <laughs> I didn't see him, but I'm gonna tell you it became so real one Sunday. It seemed like heaven opened. I love to think about it. It seemed like I could hear the Lord saying, Son, you couldn't see me, but I could see you. I was standing behind this cloud all the time. Now that's got to be good night. That's got to be 48, 9 years, 50 years, 40, 40 some odd years ago. And there's never a pastor that enjoys his church any more than the one you're looking at today. I know I'm getting older. I can't stand the thoughts of retiring. Man, last, last night I got so blessed I had three points and I didn't get but one of them. I just quit. And we had one of the sweetest services. David, my dear uh, friend, David Merle, who's on the board, I believe, in this school. He's with me tonight. And we just had the sweetest service. Folks getting right with God. Are about seven or eight, six, seven, eight, three for baptism. And I think, it, I don't know, six, seven joined the church last night. Just a sweet spirit. God's let me enjoy it. But I look back now. And I almost missed God's will. And I guess I'm saying all that tonight is to you young men 
will go out yonder and pastor, and you'll run into a mess somewhere. But that don't mean that you should take off. God might want to use you as an instrument in that place to stay by the grace of God and see things turned around. And I say it to God be the glory. There's not a pastor has any more liberty than Bobby Robson does at gospel light now. So I'm just saying this. You be careful. You make sure that you're in the will of God. God moves preachers. I'm not saying he don't. But I'm just saying that remember the will of God will never take you somewhere where the grace of God won't meet it. Now let me say this, and I'll get down to my thoughts. I put down here, think about Joseph. You know it had been hard to believe that Joseph was in the will of God, wouldn't it? I mean, here's a young man that loved God. Here's a young man that was, that was doing right to the best of his ability. His daddy sends him to look after, see his brothers, give them something to eat. They're jealous over him. You know the story. And it's going to kill him. And then they put him down in a pit. And then the Ishmaelites come along and sold him. Yet he's in the will of God. And here he is. They put him down in Egypt. And the whole story, he's still in the will of God. But you follow his life. God done what God protected him. God blessed him. And you read the last chapter of the book of Genesis. And if you remember, after his father Jacob died, those boys said, boy, he'll sure get us now, won't he? And he said, boys, I know you meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. That's there. You go on in the Bible and you think about Daniel the same way. Daniel was a good man. Why was he picked out to go way down yonder in Babylon and go through what he did? But God protected him. You think of the three Hebrew children. Here they were serving God. It could have been very easy to say, boys, we must have missed God somewhere. He just wouldn't allow this. I think about old Paul and Silas over there in jail. Paul could have looked over to Silas and said, you know, I don't think God wants us out here on preaching anymore because they beat us and, and and that's just too hard and I don't believe God wants me and they could have sat over and pouted in that jail. But you know what they done? They kept their eyes on the Savior. They got to thinking how much He loved us. I think one of them looks over and said, isn't it good to have just a little pain of what our Master went through? And they got to thinking about the Scriptures and the promises and they began to sing and praise God. And God looks over the battlements of heaven. And he says, I like that. And he sent, he said, you remember, he sent that storm and woke that old jailer up. How come that jailer didn't go to somebody else in there and ask how to be saved? He seen those boys had something he didn't have. And let me tell you, that's exactly what the world needs to see in me here. And old Taylor runs over there and says, what can I do to be saved? And you know what Paul told him, how to be saved. Oh, let me tell you, grace of God will be with us. We can surely say, like the writer of the old song, it was grace that brought us thus far, and grace will take us home. 
The other day I was visiting one of my members in the hospital. He's 87 years old. He's got every kind of physical problem it can be. And I said, Lord, I want you to help me to be a blessing to him. I said, oh, Claude, such a blessing. And I was walking down the hall and I got down there and they had the rails up beside. I walked up and I said, Claude, he said, Pastor, bless God. It's good to see you. Well, it's good to see you. I said, how you doing? He said, I'm doing good. He said, you know, I told you a lot. I got saved in 1942. I said, I know it. And my wife went to heaven 10 years ago and the mistress of man. And I never have seen Jesus and he's been so good to me. And that old man began to testify. And I'm going to tell you, I thought he was going to come over and railed. I tried to calm him down. And he said, you know, I didn't know this till then. I thought I knew all about it. He said, you know, there's 12 of us children. And he said, was all saved. And my oldest brother, we talked to him and talked to him and said, finally, he got saved three years before he died. He had a good testimony. Now, you just think of this, Pastor. All 11 of them's up there and Jesus is up there. And my dear wife, he said, Preacher, I got it made. I believe I'm about to move out. Amen. I, I said, let's pray. I better go. I didn't, I didn't want the doctors running me out of that place. Let me tell you, God's real, folks. He's real. He was real to them. And men, you want to stay in the, in the will of God. Oh, I could go on. The will of God will never take you anywhere. What the grace of God won't be there. You can go back to Second Kings chapter four. Hey, don't turn there. I'm just going to talk about it a minute. Okay. I won't tell you about it. In Second Kings, I believe it's chapter four. You remember where this preacher died? I think he was a Baptist preacher. He owed some bills. And he had two boys. And that poor widow didn't know what she's going to do. And they said, we're going to take your boys as bondmen. We're going to, you're going to pay these debts. And she goes to Elisha and she said, what am I going to do? And Elisha said, uh, what you got? Got anything in your house? All I got is a little pot of oil. And you remember the story, don't you? And he said, you'd send them boys out here and knock on these doors and buy, borrow all the, all the vessels you can and take it and pour. And can't you imagine that little old widow as she had said, well, I guess this will be it. And she poured that in there and she looked back. She had as much left and that one's full too. God protected and God provided for that little woman. You think about old Elisha. When everything else was drying up, God said, I want you to sit out out there by the brook. And you know the story there. I'm saying the grace of God will provide for us. That's what I'm talking about. And can't you see that bird? Doctor, uh, Brother Lester Roloff, he's one I missed. He's such a blessing. Brother Lester said, don't suppose to eat two meals a day. God sent the, the bird in the morning and night and fed him. Can you imagine as he sat there and seen that brook drying up all the time? The devil said, now what's he going to do? That thing's going to be gone. But see, he's in the will of God. And God's given what needs he's going to provide. And about the time he got the last little swoop of that water, the Lord said, go over yonder to the city of Zarpath. And he walked, and there's a little widow woman walking along. And God sustained him through her. We could go on and on. And I want to say this in closing. 
You just remember, let's just try to labor in the will of God. Keep that in mind. And remember that little plaque those ladies give me. The will of God will never take you where the grace of God will not always meet the need. You remember that. You remember Job. Job was a good man. And you know what the Lord said to the devil? Have you considered my servant Job? You know what the devil said? Yeah, I know. Just because he's got all this materialism. He said, I just want to prove you something. And the Lord allowed him to take that away. And then he said, what do you think about it? He said, will a man give anything for his own hell? He said, I want to show you still loves me. Listen, folks, me and you are here to glorify the Lord. We're not here to glorify ourselves. And God blessed old Joe. And you read that last chapter. And he gave him twice. Don't worry about how you're going to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and he'll let. I remember when we came to Gospel Light, I was, uh, I was in about 10 hours a day and I pastored one year before I came there. A church about 10, 12 miles away. A little church. I was so excited before I took the church. One Sunday we came home from our home church from Sunday school. I taught a Sunday school class there and uh, we was eating lunch and my phone rung. And uh, this fellow, I'd preached a couple times this little church, had about 15 people. And uh, one of the deacons said, hey, this is what he said. He said, we voted, we tried out six preachers, and we voted on all of them this morning. You got the most votes. Would you take our church? Boy, that's a good way to start a split, isn't it? <laughs> I was excited. I was 23. I said, yeah, I'll take it. And I preached. I can't remember, four, five, six weeks, and, and one of them deacons cut me and said, we forgot what we going to give you. we giving you $15 a week, $60 a month. And I was there for a year. We had some cottage prayer meeting. Now, you, you, little, country, you little city folks don't know what that is. But back over in that country was a lot of bootleggers. And I got over and, and, and got me some prayer meetings in old home. Had an old fella played an old guitar. He probably couldn't carry a team, but it's all right. We'd get some homes. I remember one night we got in, in, in an old elderly couple's little house. They lived in one room. And, and the people said they were bootlegging liquor. And they had, I mean, they cooked and they slept and all. And I, I got, and it had 75 people went with me on Sunday, on a Saturday night. And we went over to have a prayer meeting, took our chairs and the car, but we couldn't get them. I didn't have room. And they just, uh, and that old gentleman and his wife both got saved. And they were, <clears throat> but I was enjoying, I was enjoying that little church. And I was making $125 a week, plus my 15 was $140. <clears throat> when they come to see me, and after many things, God showed me he wanted to come to gospel light. They said, now we just took our preacher. The other preacher on full time, and we want you full time, and, and we 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 pay sixty five dollars a week. Nobody but my wife and I knew. We prayed, and we tried to figure out. It took that hundred and forty, that twenty five hundred twenty five hundred and forty to make it go in, and we was trying to figure out how we was going to cut down to sixty five. But I wouldn't tell them. But what I'm trying to tell you. 
Now, this is impossible with man, but I found out it was God's will. I had two old cars. I had a 52 Plymouth and a 49 Ford. I didn't want them folks to think I was a big shot, so I sold my 49 Ford for $150. And the man paid me 50 and he's gone on to heaven. I think he'll pay me the rest when I get there. And I sold the wrong one because the one I had was a bad. <laughs> but, but that, listen, I'm not, I'm not, well, I just want to point out a, a something to these, these young men. But I, I couldn't, I, it took 140 a week. And now I'm going to live 65. And, and let me tell you, it, it, I mean, no benefits. I mean, no gas allowance, no car, no $65, $65. But let me tell you, I could not explain to you today. And that church never knew. Never knew. Young men, if you ever take a church, don't ask them what kind of benefits they got. I've had, I've had some deacons to call me from churches in the last few years and say, Brother Robertson, this thing's changed. I didn't have nobody from ambassador, but from some colleges. And they'd say, uh, we, we got some resumes and they won't know what kind of benefits that has it changed. And I said, I won't tell you what you do. You take every one of them and throw them in file 13, put them in trash can. I said, a man's not in there for the right thing. God will take care of it. But this is what I'm fixing to tell you. I could not explain to you, but I live just as good on $65 a week as I lived on the 140. I might have had 50 cents in my pocket, but if I did, somebody would shake hands at the church and give me a $10 bill or $20 bill. Wouldn't take nothing for those times. My wife and I one day was talking. We weren't about to starve. We had potatoes and beans, you know, but we didn't see no way of buying any groceries for a week or two. And we were discussing it. We can make it. About 4.30 one afternoon, somebody knocked on our door. And I went to the door. There's one of our men. He was a plumber. He was dirty. He'd been out in our house. And I said, won't you come in, Hayes? And he said, no, I'm on my way home. I'm in a mess here anyway. I don't know why, Pastor, but for three or four days it's been on my heart that you had a need. And if you don't, you give it to somebody else. But I'm going on here and he give me a wad of money. And I turned around and we just got through talking. And I walked back to the house and I said, Honey, man, she started squalling, run to the bathroom, got on her knees. Begin to thank God. You just seek God's will, and God will take care of you. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.